comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. Foot race the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to episode 104 of the Stateside Soccer Show. Look at that little screw there. So I got uh, the lead seat here. I'm back. Uh, you're I only back. One, right? So. Oh, no, actually, I did like 10 episodes without you. What? And I'm just going to surprise you with the, what kind of content they are. Well, I can I think see it right here. 103. So, uh, yeah, we're on 104. <laughs> I don't count well. We've been over this. But it feels uh, good to be back. It felt like I was gone longer than I was. And really, if you hadn't recorded yesterday, we I really would have missed no episodes. And... Uh, I was only gone for like three full days, you know, or whatever. So, uh, but it's good to be back. I had Logan updating me the whole plane ride back for the NYCFC Champions League game because I um, I was on my flight. And I had free texting, but wouldn't you know it, Southwest did not have FS2 on their list of channels for me to watch. Of course they didn't. That's usually how it works. So I watched some Disney Plus and then I watched some curling. So curling's fascinating. Like yeah, I I've always it. watched it and I'm like, I have to get back into like understanding it again. But once I start to understand it again, I'm like, okay, this is this is fun to watch. And then yeah, every four uh, years I'm like, wait, what are the rules again? Oh yeah. okay. Jordan, there was a married couple in, in curling, and I was like, that that could probably go really poorly. I, I would think that that would be just very stressful in your marriage. If you're like yeah. an Olympic couple that did curling and that's all you did, but every four years you go out there and try to compete and you had to qualify and for if it. If you lose, like the the drive <laughs> home is like <laughs> believe you're that awful yeah this is all your fault i I told you we needed to curl it more (laughs) but you stopped brushing (laughs) Uh, yeah how do you think they practice with you know brushing their teeth in the mirror or something like is that how you no they do actually (laughs) understand okay i was just confused by the whole situation no it was wild because i was actually you know i was watching the girls doubles women's doubles and they Mm -hmm. said uh you know some of these people were like teachers and stuff like that that have a second you know like well not the second job they're not this is not a job for them curling but like Mm -hmm. you know that that kind of the stories we hear about other nations for like soccer players yeah where where they're a plumber and they're also they're you know yeah one of them was a dentist actually yeah yeah one of them was a dentist and one of them was like a teacher or something i think that but yeah interesting 
Um, to tie it back together, USA used to have that type of situation. Now we don't. Now we have professionals for soccer. So there you go, tying it back into stateside soccer show. So, uh, Logan, what are we doing today? Oh, today's going to be chaos. Um, just like hockey cap Champions League. I mean, it's chaos, it, right? It, I think we're fitting into the theme of the week. But we're going to deep dive into some of these teams that we were talking about yesterday, um, or I was talking about yesterday on the episode. Um, and we got to, I got to see NYCFC play. So that was exciting. I got to see actually what a team will look like um, when they go to field one this year. And to be honest, Jordan, I thought that they played extremely well. Um, they controlled the ball. They had moments um, where they just couldn't control things. Uh, because they were sloppy. There was a lot of stuff going on in the back line that uh, needed to be cleaned up. But I think a lot of that had to do, and there was one in particular, uh, Sean Johnson yelled at, I believe it was, I want to say it was Cheneau, but I, I think that he, he went to pass one back and it, it, he got up caught up in one of the defenders. And so then Santos was going the other direction and took a shot from, it had to be almost 50 yards out and about went in it was like one of those heat seeking missiles towards the goal because sean johnson had come way out to have the ball passed back to him but the defender didn't get it there so but uh yeah that my whole tangent was um we're going to be just we're going to be covering uh nycfc uh the revs then we're going to go over to montreal visit there um and not literally but because that'll be a long travel and you just got back but uh and then the rapids in seattle jordan and then i want to get your thoughts so actually you know what jordan I want to get your thoughts now because I just recorded an episode and I know I'm just kind of putting you on the spot here. Um, it, you know, New England is advanced because the, the team that they were supposed to play cannot travel. And I was going to say, I thought the Rebs looked really good in there. In <laughs> Jordan, do you think that New England gets to the next round? Was the serious question? Uh, the next round after that, or no, 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 just the round that they're already getting pushed through. Uh, no, no, I don't. Okay. I think that we got a little <laughs> surprise coming up here. Um, they enter LAFC, it's like, oh, yeah. this is fun. Um, no, no, they, they should be playing done. for NYCFC. Yeah, yeah. I think that what they should have done, they should have like alternate teams that, like, okay, well, they they dropped out, like, they knew this like a week ago, so it, it, it they should have had visa like, issues, right? Yeah. Is that what yeah. it was? You know, it was all visa issues that they couldn't get into the country because they couldn't play. They were actually going to play in Jamaica, but then Jamaica was like, no, we don't want your here. You don't want your stuff here. So hmm. interesting stuff. But Jordan, I did want to ask CCL, do you think we have an MLS team win it this year? They don't have the big legendary Mexican clubs like Monterey. They don't have Club America playing. They don't have, uh, what was the other one that I was missing? I'm missing one. Oh man, I just blanked on it. Well, anyway, uh, blanked on that. But oh, Tigres—they don't have Tigres playing. Do you think the MLS has a team win it this year? No. You don't think so? No, I've been a fool for saying yes to that question <laughs> for so many years. And uh, you may not have some of those teams, but Santos is a huge team in Mexico and uh, has notoriously gotten uh, Seattle a couple yeah. a couple times in this competition. Montreal too. <laughs> yeah. So. I would say uh, no. I think it'll be another Mexican team because that's – look, I, I think our hope of winning it comes down to the League's Cup. And what I mean by that is constantly playing each other in the League's Cup is going to make teams that have not had this experience be able to get that experience. Mm-hmm. Um Let's look at it this way. You're a Manchester City fan. Yeah. And 
when they first qualified for the Champions League, they did not make a deep run. Mm-hmm. It took years of them constantly getting into that competition and also, you know, upgrading their squad, but also just to get to a final, which mm-hmm. then they, you know, did not win. Of course they don't. Um, Pep choked. Uh, so then we get <laughs> the issue with MLS is why we love MLS. We love MLS because it is not already a 16 point lead uh, three weeks into a season that's going to, you know, uh, the, the way City's running away with the title over in England. We don't have that here. We can have running away with Supporter Shield, but when it comes to MLS Cup, that that's going to change. And the winner of the Supporter Shield has not been consistent, right? LAFC in, what, 2018, 2019? Mm-hmm. Uh, 2020 was Philadelphia Union. Then you have the Revs in 2021. Meaning that a lot of the teams that end up qualifying for this tournament don't qualify multiple years in a row, mm-hmm. which means they get this experience once and then might have to take a few years to get here unless if they're Seattle. It's pretty much it. Seattle's consistently in, in, in the tournament for either their U.S. Open Cup wins when they first started winning the U.S. Open Cup uh, to their MLS Cup wins to Western Conference wins, whatever they're doing to, to get into the competition. Uh, the only other team that's been able to consistently get there recently, I feel like is Atlanta. And that was mainly because COVID canceled the U S open cup that they won it twice in a, in a row or whatever, and kept qualifying in. So, uh, that is kind of the big issue with the, you know, when we look at, okay, we won an MLS team to win champions league, but the way we're structured doesn't allow the same teams to really continue to win over and over again to qualify for the competition, which means that we're not constantly going up against these opponents. So when a Philadelphia, you know, makes a semifinal run last year, that's great, but that was their first time doing it. Guess what? They're not in it this year. So all that experience now goes away because probably by the time they qualify for it again, going to be some, probably turnover in that, that that's going to be a little different. So I think that's the, that's the issue with MLS teams winning the champions league as it stands right now. Uh, now could that change? Yeah, it can change whenever, uh, you know, if a team goes on a run or whatever, I guess, but right now I feel like if, if our teams like Seattle are not, constantly getting to a final and close to winning, you know, they're the ones in the competition, like all the time, the league's cup can change that next summer. The league's cup, as we remember for everybody that may not remember all teams in both competitions are going to be playing and taking a break from their league games to play in the league's cup. As confusing as that sounds when I just said league games and league's cup, but they're going to be stopping the MLS schedule and the league of Mecky schedule for a league's cup. Everybody's going to take part in that, which means every team is getting the experience of facing the Mexican teams. The Mexican teams are the best team teams in CONCACAF. So while they may not get the experience of facing a Saprisa uh, or other, you know, teams in Central America and CONCACAF, it's going to help them face off against the best ones that when they face even 
I feel like littler teams in CONCACAF and get that first experience whenever they qualify for it, they're going to have that experience to kind of look back on that every year they're, they're playing in the league's cup. And um, I don't know. I feel like we might actually have a better chance of a league's cup winner being American than a champions league winner being American actually. Yeah, maybe, saying. maybe not in 2023, but may, yeah. maybe 2024. I was just interested to hear your thoughts because I, I mean, I, I naively picked these Sounders to win it. Um, and I, I mean, I, the, the argument I make, and we can talk about the Sounders next if this kind of is a good transition, but um, I, I believe the Sounders have guys that have played in big competitions. I mean, you're looking at New Who, you're looking at Jordan Morris, you're looking at Rui Diaz, you're looking at the Roldans. They've both played in South America. They know what these teams are like. Um, I, I think they're the best built roster. Now, We'll get into this later on because NYCFC, and we can talk about it now, but NYCFC last night, and I know you didn't get to see him, if they had James Sands in that team, I do think that they were deep enough to make a good run. However, the problem is they're going to have to run up against the Sounders, and I, I don't think that the, if they both advance, I just don't see where NYCFC is going to win that just because I, I, I think the Sounders are very good, um, and I do think that NYCFC – you know, while they are the MLS Cup winners, I, I don't know. That's hard to sub- sustain in this league. It's hard to, you know, repeat as a title winner or, as a, you know, repeat as uh, one of the top teams. I do think they're going to be good, but I I don't know. I was looking at that team last night, and the three that they have, the, the, the big three that they have that are young <laughs> were tremendous until Santiago Rodriguez got carded and thrown out, um, which was bogus, by the way. Uh, I think that those three – between uh, Tiago, between um, uh, Taos Ma- uh, Mango um, or Magno, and then uh, Santiago, Santiago Rodriguez, Maxi Morales, and then Tati Castellanos, I felt like they were primed to run, make a deep run. And then I saw it all together last night, and I was like, man, this is a tough team. It sucks, though. Doesn't it seem like this is always the case? Like two of the biggest teams that the MLS could have. They always put them in the same side to where they beat. They have to beat each other to go through the next round. Like if if Seattle and NYCFC were in different sides, and they could place the Rebs also, I think those are three powerhouses. But in, instead, it's going to have to be the Sounders are have to gonna they're, they're gonna have to bounce NYCFC to get to that next round to get into you know a deeper into this competition. Um, but I don't know. The NYCFC look good, but uh, like you said, I. It's tough because again, you you got like clubs like Santos, um, and they've they've been known to bounce people. Puma's playing really well, and they usually are not a team that is too threatening. I think when you if you looked at the sheet and you saw Pumas, you you wouldn't think of them as being one of the big Mexican teams that we always struggle with. Leon hasn't been playing well. Pumas has started to turn around, but then you also look down at the bottom of that bracket, and there's Cruz Azul, and it's like okay, well everybody knows that name. And they're playing extremely well. And like you said, it's tough, really tough to beat a lot of those League MX teams, um, especially coming into the season. We haven't even started. And then coming in the competition, these teams are have already played a first half of their season or are on their second leg of their season. And we're having to try to compete with them while trying to get players in. So should be pretty interesting. Yeah, so where do we want to go next? What I don't know. This is do tough. We want to preview? There's, there's so many good teams that we're going to get to preview today, um, which, you know, we have, you know what, actually, let's just, let's start with, I don't mean this to be mean, but let's start with Montreal 
because I give them the least chance, especially now that they come down one nil in the first leg. And I'm going, wait, and I'm going to say this because Logan, <laughs> sometime during the game yesterday, <laughs> it was right after uh, Kyoto scored. Tweets: I am done underestimating Montreal, <laughs> and then immediately comes on here before we start recording, saying, "Yeah, I don't think they can do it." I said, "You just said." <laughs> You're no, done I said they weren't going to be them. as good as they were last year, Jordan. Right. That was... That's underestimating them. <laughs> okay, hear me out. Think Montreal they're going to do worse than they they're did gonna last year. They're going to come after year. me again. They're going to come after me again. It's the only fan base that really came after us after our previews last year. Yeah. <laughs> I think them and I forget who, somebody else did, but it was just kind of fun to have that conversation. And we're wrong. Jordan and I will admit first, like we are not one to hide it. One, you can go back and listen to it and then figure out how wrong we are. There it is. I know. I always said Montreal was going to be really good. I think you edited this prediction <laughs> thing wrong. Jordan, didn't you have them like winning supporter shield at one point? Um, I had them uh, wherever they finished at. Where did they finish? Eighth. They f- eighth. Yeah. Uh, tenth. I had them. Oh, yeah. Sorry. They fell all the way down because of Orlando knocked them out. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's 14th. I had him 14th. You had him 14th. We had him Wooden Spoon, which is uh, silly. We had Cincinnati in 9 and 10, which uh, is silly. <laughs> so let's start with Montreal, Jordan, because I think, um, one, I think they're a team that I think if I was rating teams to have success in CCL, they were not high on my list just because the route they had to take. Um, they have to go through Santos, and Santos is, is, like you said, a monster's club in Mexico. And playing at home in Santos, the first match out, that was never going to be easy. I do, I will say, though, they're going back to Montreal, Jordan, and we know what happens in Montreal. It's going to be about one degree up there in Hamilton again, and they're going to have that advantage. Do I think they can come back? No, I don't. I, I just don't. I'm not underestimating them, Jordan. Santos is just a good team, okay? <laughs> But you want to start there, and then we can kind of go Santos. Let's do Santos and then stay in the East. We can do uh, NYCFC and then the Revs or the Revs. And then, yeah, let's do Revs and NYCFC, and then we'll do uh, Rapid Sounders. Okay. All right, so let's talk. uh, And and we're doing this again for people that did not know because we have nine days until the season starts. So uh, we have to pick up a little bit of the pace because it's been uh, a shorter shorter offseason. So we've kind of had to speed up here. And we're going to do uh, three or four teams an episode here. So we're starting with Montreal. Yeah. Tenth in the East. Uh, 12 wins, uh, 10 draws, 12 losses. Um, goals allowed 46. Uh, or sorry, 44. They scored 46 uh, plus two goal differential. Um and Jordan, a team that you and I, again, we alluded to it then, that uh, we just didn't have very high. Um, why why, why did – can you remember back? Why didn't we have them high? Was it mostly the attack? I mean, I feel like – I think we just underestimated how good Georgi Mihailovic was going to be. No, I don't think I, I took in anything with Mihailovic. I, I think it was more of a uh, – Terry Ray left them yeah. – uh, Really, not long before the season started, mm-hmm. and then uh, we didn't, we didn't really know how uh, Nancy was gonna not, uh, how how good uh, Nancy was going to be as a coach. So it was, uh, you know, a little bit of a. I, I think that's where we were kind of coming from, and that we didn't think they had added enough. Um, which to be fair, I don't think they did, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think they just got them playing. Uh, in in a way that 
made them very threatening and they were actually, you know, in a playoff spot for a good chunk of the season, but ultimately uh, fell short of that. Um, they finished with 46 points, which if you look at 2019 is enough to get you in the playoffs, but 2021 you're three spots out of the playoffs. So it really is, uh, you know, that sometimes that's the way it is. Uh, like the revs made it into playoffs in 2019 with 45 points. Um, looking at 2018, Montreal missed it by four points. They finished with 46 points, which I think is what I just said they finished last year with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and 50 points was the union in sixth place of 2018. Uh, 2017, and I'm really just trying to look at ones that have games played of 34 to really kind of match this. Uh, Montreal finished ninth with 39 points. So consistently underperforming. I guess is what we would say. And uh, usually in the 30s, late 30s to mid 40s for points. The reason I started looking back at that is I was wondering, okay, is there any sort of consistent level of how many points you need to qualify for the playoffs? <laughs> and the answer is no. The answer is no. Um, it could be anywhere from, like I said, I think the Revs had 45. As the seventh team, New York Red Bulls this year had 48 so they missed it by two points. You you kind of have to get, I would say, if I'm going to try to make the playoffs, I'm trying to get 50 points. So if they need to get four more points, I think they could do that. I think their ceiling is probably somewhere around, and this is last year's I'm showing here, but I am just need to get an eye for some of the positions. I'd say their ceiling is probably in that eighth through tenth spot. Uh, with maybe, well, I, I guess that's more of where I'm thinking their floor is. Their ceiling could be that six or seven spot. I do think they can make it in. Nashville, remember, is not in the East, so we have an open playoff spot. There's going to be a few teams going for that. You know, Columbus, we all had, you know, Chris Smith put on Twitter the other day. Um, <laughs> did you see this? Yeah. About what your worst predictions were. And I, I commented that, one, I had um, Minnesota winning MLS Cup last year, but I also commented, and like most people, I had the crew winning the East and got nowhere close. The crew finished in ninth, uh, which was almost 30 points below the Revs mm-hmm. in first. Only one point from a playoff spot. But, you know, they're going to be in the hunt again. Right, they're going to be maybe a little bit more rejuvenated. They just had a down year, so they're going to be a team that want to take that extra playoff spot. You have DC under Hernan Losada trying to get a playoff spot next year. You have uh, Toronto, a huge revamped Toronto that has Bob Bradley, um, Insigne is coming. And, uh, you know, so they have made some moves. So, so you have that going on. So what I'm saying is there's an opening, of course, with Nashville gone. But 
they're going to have to step it up because you also have teams like Toronto, Columbus, and DC that are also playing for that spot. And I think Toronto might actually already have leapfrog Montreal with some of the changes that Montreal, I mean, that, that Toronto is making when you look at, you know, bringing in a Bob Bradley, bringing in Signe in the summer. So it is worrying for them that that's why I kind of put them at most likely going to finish in that eight to 10 spot mm-hmm. and miss again. And I don't think that would be. I guess they'd be a little disappointed with that because that's where they finished last year. You want to see progress, but maybe progress is going from 10th to 8th. And and even though they missed out by two points, maybe missing out by a point. But I do think it is possible for them to get 50 points. And I think 50 points is what it would take to make the playoffs. Yeah, so looking at their team, um, they do go out. They got a couple guys on loan. It looks like they've just ra- they've robbed Bologna of defenders. Um, Gabriel Corbo, who actually played last night against Santos, and you know he, he was good in, in the spots that he was in. And, and I think that's part of it too. Is, is Wolf announced he's still playing around with the idea of does he want to play a back three? Will he go more of like the the three with the two wing backs on the side of him? Can they play in that kind of system? Is it going to be more of a four three three? You know, what does that look like? Uh, I do have concerns. I mean, Victor Wanyama, uh, a really good player, but I think at, at times, you know, it, he is starting to kind of show his age. I think, with you know, it, it is weird because you kind of put I, – I, I always seem to want to put him in the same kind of category that I do Blaze Matuidi, and Blaze Matuidi is getting ready to find his way. If not, he's already found his way out of the league. Um, but when you look at – when you looked at Victor, I mean, he's going on 30 um, or is 30. Um, and, and you look at a guy in the midfield and that's such an important part of this, you know, of this roster and important part of this league is having a really good midfielder that can, you know, just destroy people and control um, that field or, you know, that midfield defensively. And I think that's where, you know, I think ultimately when Montreal is looking at it, you want to be better than that with their goal differential. That's not a good goal differential. And I know, you know, they were trying to find their ways last year. They needed more depth in that center back position. I think that's where they go and add a couple of these guys to the back line that are going to make them better. Um, and then you also had Georgi Mihailovic playing at an, you know, an absurd level. He ended up having 13 assists last year, Jordan. Um, 13 assists, four goals uh, in, you know, 2,800 minutes almost, which is insane. That's a lot of minutes played. Um, I think that's pretty much close to playing uh, about every match. Um, so it, it's it's wild that he had that good of a season. My biggest concern is, is can Mason Toy, who's 22 years old, can he make us? Can he take a step forward? And can they get anything going forward besides, you know, like a, a very average uh, Romel Kyoto? Because I think Romel is a good forward, but he's never going to be great. His cap, Jordan, he the most he's ever scored is eight goals. He did that last year, and I don't think there's a ceiling above that. I just don't think that he gets that level. And nor does he ever play a full season. It seems, it seems like he's always had issues staying on the pitch, whether it be form or injury. I think that there there's concern with that last night. He scored a banging goal, um, but it was called back because of a foul. And, you know, it, it had me excited because I was like, okay, cool. Maybe this gets him going and this gets him, uh, you know, uh, on this team um, providing goals that they need. Cause I do think they're going to have a hard time struggling to, they're going to have a hard time scoring, which is a lot of these teams that we're talking about today. I think, there's going to be issues with them scoring um, a lot of them, I mean, too. But again, like you said, I, I think at eight to 10 is, is where I would put them this year. 
they can get that seven spot, but they're going to need goal scorers. I think, well, I can ask you this, Jordan. Do you think Montreal are playing meaningful soccer on decision day? Yes. Yeah. Because like, with Nashville leaving, that's such, a, that's such a big thing. But like you said, Toronto's coming. We have no idea what Inter Miami is going to look like. Like that could actually work what they're doing, where they blew up the whole thing and are just playing a lot of youth players. Um, that could work. That could be exciting. That's good enough, I think, in this league if they play well to – I mean, Montreal figured this out. They've got a young team. You can play young players with a mix of really decent veterans and MLS experience, and Miami can go out and, you know, find some of these players that are just you – know, they can't be DPs, but <laughs> they can find some of these players. I think Montreal has that issue too. They, they need some experience with these younger kids because I think at times these younger kids are just overblown by the situation. Uh, Bjorn Johnson – who could be a really good forward, only had two goals last year, really had a hard time. I think people thought – I remember extra time doing interviews with him because they thought this kid was going to be up and coming. This kid was going to turn into something Norwegian goal or uh, uh, striker, and he never ended up being what they should be. So it, it is. It's a lot of young kids trying to figure out what they're doing, um, especially in this league. It's a tough league to, to kind of play in because of their physicality, but 8 to 10 is where I'm going to put them probably in. I don't think they're playing meaningful soccer on decision day. I'm going to go the opposite. I think they will be. I th- I think the East is so bunched up yeah. that I think like last year, we will have a bunch of teams playing for meaningful points on decision day. I hope that's the case. It'll be boring if it's wrapped up by decision day, because that's the whole point of <laughs> decision day. So I do hope there's something to watch on decision day other than just what placement the team is is falling into um okay uh so are we moving on from montreal i will say kyoto is my boy so i i i get that i, I, will I love not take him. the slander i will not yeah. take the slander i'm I sorry will. i'm sorry I, I love him i i i like who he is a person like i've heard him in multiple interviews i really like who he is he seems to have fun all the time when he's on the pitch last night when he's doing a celebration he just looked like a guy that just loves playing soccer and i love that about everybody i like i want i want everybody to be like that there's some guys that score and i'm just like you're just not him like gonzalo Higuain. he's just not had fun and that's part of the whole thing like have fun and i think gonzalo is going to get back to that this year i think he's at least going to have fun i don't think maybe the results are there just because he's aging but i do think let's have fun like i think insigne is going to be the exact same thing for toronto when he does come over he's like a ball of energy if you've ever watched him play it's it's that they need Toronto need that. They really need him to take at least just a little bit of a step forward because they need at least 10 to 15 goals out of him to be, you know, a solid playoff team. I will say Higuain is not going to have fun this year. You don't think so? No, I don't, I don't think he has fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't think he has fun, so I don't know. Um, Look, Mason Toy has got uh, seven goals, I think, total. Yeah for Montreal in all competitions, uh, not... Mm-hmm. Not good. But well, we... to be honest, in 20 games, uh, pretty good, because Decent, at yeah. Minnesota, he had 42 appearances, 7 goals. So, I will say... Improvement? M- improvement. I think he might even improve a little bit more this year. I, he's still young. He's 23. Um, but he's getting to the point where he's not going to be considered young soon so you know he's no longer in the 22 under 22 right so we're we're gonna have to keep an eye on him and see if he fulfills the promise that a lot of people thought he had had 
Uh, I like Mason Toy, so I hope he does figure it out um, and uh, contribute to Montreal. I don't have any issues with Montreal. The only issue I would say is change your name back to <laughs> Montreal Impact and and lose this snowflake crest. This is this is awful. Dude, that's so fit. Oh, it, yeah, because it's actually snow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One last thing, Jordan. Jordy Mihailovic is not better than Weston McKinney. I saw some sentiment on Twitter about Mihailovic getting a chance over Weston McKinney, and they were mad at the extra time people for not. Georgie Mihailovic, we've tried, we've tried that experiment. It's not gone well, not with the youth team at least. Good player, but I, there, there's no way that he's better than really any of the midfielders that we have currently. Uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's better than Weston McKinney. I almost left. I almost <laughs> that's all we have coffee. to say about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, I, I think we move on from Montreal. If you want to know where we're, we're going to put them uh, before the start of the season, we will have our next week. Yeah, we will have <laughs> our full, uh, you know, thing. You know, the prediction show that we've been showing from last year constantly on this. We will be doing that, and we'll be flashing it up just as much as we did this year. So uh, we have to get the new crests on there, though. we got to get the new Rev crest on there and the new Fire crest. (laughs) It's fire. (laughs) I'm so glad they've left this ugly crest behind. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they were thinking. It looks like something I can make on Canva to sell (laughs) merchandise. (laughs) Speaking of, let's take a quick break. If you want some merchandise, I got my Curtain is Open shirt. That came in this week. Uh, so I had that. I'm going to wear that around town when we uh, when the union kick it off. Uh, we've got two design options for that. You can get it on mugs, magnets, stickers, and more. And we also got We Are Fooked, our Charlotte <laughs> FC merchandise uh, for when the coach referenced that they are screwed, used, you know, more language than that in in the Spanish uh, and Christian Fuchs. So we kind of put both those together and uh, we'll be doing a magnet giveaway of that. I got some magnets coming in. If you are a Charlotte fan and you somehow want a reference to your team being screwed, uh, we will have merchandise for you. Or if you just think it's funny, you can enter into that. We'll have more information on that when the magnets come in, I guess. But... Uh... Yeah, we're going to continue to try to make stuff for all teams. I know so far we're kind of limited, but uh, stick with us. We'll, we might have some more designs. I feel like we're going to come up with some good stuff. I'm going to work on a couple things, too, that I think will work well with MLS that I know some of the MLB teams do, and it hasn't caught on to MLS, so I'll look out for that. There you go. Oh, that's interesting. A little teaser. A little teaser. He hasn't even told me that, so I now know, I'm teased. I'll tell you after the show, Jordan. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. Now I'm teased. Okay, so uh, what team are we going? Revs, 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 revs. The revolution. Let's do it. Let's do it. I, this is sad because I love having the revolution guys on. I love the revolution recap. I love Greg. We'll have uh, him on during this. I love Chris. Yeah, we're gonna definitely have him on. Let's just have the whole revs nation on. Huh? It'd be a lot of fun. So they made it official that Matt Turner is going to Arsenal in the summer. Uh, they've lost Tejan. Uh, was there any other big sellings? I don't think so, right? No, Tejan Buchanan, 
um, leaving. Turner. Like you said, Turner uh, heading to Arsenal in the summer. I do want to ask you, Jordan, just because we were a U.S. Men's National Team podcast, just real quick, you can kind of just sum up. Um, good thing, bad thing, Matt Turner going to go probably back up Aaron Ramsdale. I mean, it's, it's not good, right? Well, I do like that he is staying here for the first half of the season. Yeah. So I, I do think that's good. Um, it would have sucked if he had left now mm-hmm. and had a rusty 2022. The The chance he now has is to go in the summer and try to impress in um, preseason, where I actually think he probably could win the job. Yeah. It depends. Um, so U.S. is better than England anyway. So I think you have to bet on yourself at times. And I think, and I didn't mind Stefan going to city at first, but I think what, if he can't win the job within a year or so, I think these players have to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I'm at with Stefan. You know, at first I was like, really, he's going to go to city and be a backup. And then he was a backup and he got some chances. And I was like, all right, cool. He's getting worked in every so often. But now it's been like two or three years. Mm -hmm. And I think it'd be best if he went somewhere and actually started. And I think we should allot Turner the same thing. Let's not, I guess, they're not always going to think about what's best for their uh, U.S. national team prospects. Uh, Turner didn't start playing soccer until he was Mm -hmm. late teens. He was undrafted, right? He, he was not like a, a big prospect or anything. He made it up to the Revs, had a hell of a two seasons in a row here, and still not getting paid what others are doing overseas. So if he has that opportunity, he now has the chance to make more money get to live a whole different experience over in England, which I think, you know, Logan and I have talked a lot about how much we've wanted to live overseas. And I I think that would be a huge pull for me if I was a player of, even though I'll be a backup, I think I can win this job in the summer and I can try to live in London. Mm -hmm. That'd be great. And then if I don't like it, I can, I can move on. Right. And try something else, but I'm also going to make more money than when I was in, was in America. Like that, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. You know, MLS is still not there yet when it comes to money. So I I think he's doing what's best for him. Um, And uh, look, he, 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 you know, was part of a legendary revs team. And while they couldn't deliver MLS cup, you know, they, won a supporter shield. He won some sort of trophy. He's able to move on from that chapter. And um, unfortunately he won't win much with Arsenal, but you know, that's uh, you know, something that uh, maybe, maybe he sees it as another stepping stone. I'm not really sure, but I think he has to take that chance because he's kind of in an older spot than, than some going over there where he has that opportunity now to, really grab this chance and if he can't win it there but let's say he even just impresses as a backup over there he now maybe gets a starting spot at like norwich or a starting spot at another club that is lower in the premier league but arsenal maybe even makes money off of that and 
you know, maybe that's the way that they're going to go with it. I don't know, but I think he will get some cup games and stuff. And I think he'll get some occasional games. If he doesn't win the starting spot, if he wins the starting spot, then he's in a really good spot, you know, but if not, there's other opportunities and he's probably thinking, I came to the sport late. I, you know, had a great two seasons. There's interest for me overseas. I'd love to live in England. I'd love to play for Arsenal. Let's give it a try. And then if not, you know, goalkeepers, it's a little different. They're, uh, they can play for much older, you know, for much longer uh, until they're older. So his clock is not ticking as fast as others. So he can go over there and, you know, if he fails or whatever, he can come back here and uh, the teams will probably line up for him over here again. And he'll make even more money than he made with the revs. So I think ultimately it's a, a win-win situation for Matt Turner. And I think now where I sit with Stefan is, okay, Stefan might be your time to now move on. And I think if I'm Stefan, I see Turner going over and probably being a backup. And I say, maybe I should angle for a starting move and I can really lock down that U S men's national team spot. But again, I don't know how much the players are actually thinking about that. I think I, I forget who had said it. Um, but I had heard a player say like when he was making those decisions, it was never about, okay, what's going to do best for the U S national team and my prospects there. But it was more about, I think it was Casey Keller who said that during um, one of the broadcasts for the U.S. team um, for the CONCACAF qualifying, where he said, I was making decisions about my personal life and where I wanted to go and it being my career. I wasn't sitting there thinking about how does this affect my men's national team prospects. And I think that's what a lot of these players do. So maybe that's why Stefan's not pushing for a move. Maybe he thinks he's doing great and wants to just keep working with Pep and City, right? So uh, maybe that's why Turner wanted to go over there. He wanted to experience London and make more money. I don't know. But I think he deserves the opportunity, and we'll see where he takes it from there. I know I just rambled on for so long, but uh, your turn. So Emmy Martinez, who was current, or who was with Arsenal and goes, was released of contract, because um, Arsenal bought him out, I believe, um, is how that worked. But Emmy Martinez was the starting goalkeeper. Aaron Ramsdale came and actually took the spot from him. So I do think that that I really do think that Matt Turner is going to get a chance. And actually, there's a bunch of articles that just released a couple hours ago uh, talking about the fact that Arteta really didn't have confidence in any of the goalkeepers that he had. Um, and really, you know, it, this this is still going to be a constant battle. And I think that is a huge thing for Matt. Could you imagine Matt Turner wins that, that job, which he very well could because he is a very good goalkeeper um, and, and probably one of the best U.S. men's goalkeepers that we'll ever have. Um, and I do think that he does challenge Stefan. I do think, unfortunately, because of – and not unfortunately. I mean, Stefan's a really good goalkeeper, but I do think, unfortunately, he's kind of got the odds against him because I think Greg's so comfortable with Zach that I think that that's ultimately what he chooses. But, again, it, it's all good for Matt. Um, however, Jordan, <laughs> you know it's not good for uh, it's not good for the Rebs. Um, that, that that's one thing that I think. While it is going to be nice to see Matt move on, they really don't have much options uh, in behind him. They're gonna. I think they're gonna have to go out and get somebody. So it'll be interesting to see who they kind of pluck off and see who they can bring over because they're his backup keeper. One of them's thirty five years old, um, and a guy that uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy, Brad Knighton, Jordan, thirty five years old. Only- yeah, former Union keeper. Okay. 
Yeah. Nice. And then Earl Edwards Jr., who didn't play in any matches last year for the Reds, a 29-year-old goalkeeper that's from the United States. Don't know much about him. It looks like he's uh, They played. did just sign somebody uh, yesterday. Okay. Jacob Jackson. I missed that then. Uh, goalkeeper. Uh, he was their first-round selection in the Super Draft. So that and, makes sense. But you really... Uh, yeah. Do you really want a 22-year-old starting Yeah, now? why not? I guess. I mean, Matt Turner came from nothing. He was in the USL, like you said, Jordan. He didn't even make. He didn't even get drafted. He just walks onto a USL team, and he wasn't even starting on the USL team. Takes over the spot, then starts, you know, twenty games, and then the Reds are like, "Hey, that kid's pretty good, so let's uh, go sign him up." You know, what's funny is I just totally plucked out that Knighton was part of the union, and it was only for one year. Hey, I but at least you remember that. Like, I remember that because you know why it was their first year. It was 2010. He was he was one of our keepers. Nice. Um, then he went to the Whitecaps, and he's been with the Revs ever since. And he was with the Revs before the Union. So, yeah, yeah. he's a longtime Revs goalkeeper. And um, Earl Edwards Jr., he sounds familiar. Let me look at it. Oh, he used to be with Orlando. There we go. That's why. That makes sense. So, uh, with their first few years. And uh, yeah. the most he played – is 10 games in a season with Orlando in 2018. Second most he's played is six games in a season with Orlando in 2017. All other seasons, he has not made an appearance, Earl Edwards Jr. So uh, I would say right now, Brad Knighton uh, maybe is the starter, and then you're going to have them grooming Josh Jackson is, is how I would take it. But Knighton is quality enough to... To at least play. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they're having Turner still right now, right? But yeah. until summer. So... Um, and that could I guess we'll actually find out. I guess we'll actually find out in the summer who who wins that job mm-hmm. when he leaves. And again, they, that could be a signing. That could be anything because Jordan, <laughs> the Revs are an interesting situation. I, I think their goal. I really do. I think their goal is to obviously win Concacaf Champions League. I think that is the ultimate prize right now. Many will argue that it, no, no, it's MLS Cup. But I, I'm concerned, Jordan. Uh, and not like overly concerned where I think the Reds are going to be bad or by any stretch of the means. But I, I think that they've got a lot of players that have been rumored to make moves to Europe, South America. I mean, you've got Dewan Jones, U.S. Uh, defensive player, right, left back. You've got Matt Turner, got Brandon By. You've got uh, a uh, Henry Kessler that I think could get a lot of attention as well. Uh, I think Adam Buxa is going to is going to eventually move on. That's a that's a lot of a team to, to just have. I mean, your outside backs, defensive backs, are pretty much gone. I mean, there was a lot of linkage over the over this winter about the two leaving. Neither of them did. I do think they both moved. Dewan Jones, twenty three. Brandon Bias, twenty five. They're right now entering what they would consider the primes of their career. I don't think they finished the summer with them. I don't think there's a chance in heck that Adam Buxa stays because of all the attention that he got and how much of a need there is for strikers in Europe right now. I, I think there's a lot of teams looking for nines that I think he'd fit in nicely. Henry Kessler's 22. I do think he take, he needs to take more of a step forward to really get more attention from some of the teams that he might want to go to. But I think he's got the abilities to, you know, he's matched up well with Andrew Farrell as center backs. They've played well. I mean, this team could look totally different by which is wild to me. Like this is how this is what the MLS has become, and what we want it to become is like this team could end up being depleted midway through the season, where all they have left that you've kind of noticed are maybe one of the outside backs 
maybe one of the center backs, and then uh, hopefully a Carlos Heel that is healthy. Um, but again, yeah, it, there's got to be concern, right? Like I, I think CCL are bust because this team is still going to have to look very different. And Bruce is good at coaching. And we haven't even talked about the incoming, but which we'll get to right now, I guess. Bruce brought in Omar Gonzalez, former defender. Uh, did, did he ever play with club level for Bruce in L.A.? Was he ever with Bruce or was it just U.S. men stuff? Uh, Omar Gonzalez. Uh, I just I can't I remember if so. that was. I thought he was with Club. Too. Yeah, no, he definitely. I thought definitely, everybody brought in. He had experience with. Yeah, well, Omar was the with the Galaxy from 2009 to 2015. Okay, so then, yeah, he so was. yeah, he had tons of uh, games and some with CCL Bruce stuff there. with him. Yep. Yeah, and then so then you had him, and then Jordan, two additions that I'm pumped for, and I'm really excited to see how this works out with Bruce, Sebastian Legette who I think is a pretty good replacement as far as midfield. He's not going to be Tejon Buchanan. Nobody's going to be Tejon Buchanan. That kid's going to be really good. But at least it's experience in the midfield, and he's very successful in this league. He's known for having success in this league. And then, Jordan, the one I'm most excited for, that I really I really want him to do well. I really do. I want him to make it as hard as possible for Greg to look and go, you know what, nah, we're good. I want Josie Altidore to have some remnants of the seasons that he's been capable of. And I, you got to see him in the prime. Jordan, I only got to watch him through the World Cups because that was my only, like, attachment to MLS and U.S. men's national team was watching, you know, casually as a, a U.S. men's national team fan. But as I've gotten more into it, I'm jealous that I never got to see Josie in his prime. The only time I ever did that I thought he was going to tear up the World Cup was when he came up lame and, and it was the hamstring issue, which was awful. But what do you think? I mean, do you think there's chances for – Bruce to get these guys going again, because I feel like their careers are kind of coming down off the top. Is there a place for this team? And, and can I they think, I think he can get legit going. I mean, I feel like yeah. he's the legit whisperer at times. I mean, those mm-hmm. were his best years were, were when Bruce was there, I feel. Um, now when it comes to Josie, I'm a little bit more reluctant, just injury history wise yeah. for, for Josie, Josie, uh, you know, what was it last year mm-hmm. when we had Josie was, in the January camp? Yeah, and he, he had to leave for injury. Yeah, then and then we also had his his weird exchange with Twelman on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that he would be more of a. I think he could have a good MLS season. I don't know if he's. I think it's more 50-50 at this point. Maybe 75-25 of leaning no just because of his injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, mean, I hope he does. I, I would really hope for Josie to put on a, a big show. But if we look at his history of uh, – let me just pull it up real quick. I wasn't prepared for – I've got him. Here. He, uh, he hasn't made – here. He, Jordan, he hasn't played a full season. I don't think ever. And the last one I think might have been – Close to was 2017. That's when he played close to probably a whole season. Okay, so let's look at his goal totals. Okay. So his best season was that 2012 2013 at AZ Alkmaar, mm-hmm. uh, where he put 23 goals in. And that was peak Josie. Um, the year before that, he had 15. Um, then he had some rough stints with Villarreal, Burst for Hull City before that. Uh, in MLS, though, he when he was 16, he only had three goals. When he was 17, he only had nine. And when he was 18, he only had three. 
So he, you know, he really developed at at the Eredivisie. Then uh, he went to Sunderland, only scored one goal in his two years there, which was forty-two games and only twenty-one starts. Uh, then you have when he comes back to Toronto, and he scores thirteen goals in twenty fifteen. 10 goals in 2016, 15 goals in 2017 when they won Supporter Shield, 7 goals in 2018, 11 in 2019, and 2 goals in 2020, and 4 goals in 2021. So hasn't had a good season since 2019. Mm -hmm. Hasn't had a great season since 2017. I don't know how much he's going to start for them either, I guess, uh, for the Revs. So depends on what his out, output's looking like. Last year, he only had eight starts. He played 16 games. We also know that there was that weird period where, for whatever reason, Chris Armas was completely not playing him, and mm-hmm. that caused a rift there that yeah. after Armis left, they picked up his option, mm-hmm. uh, which is how he has now been traded to or released, bought out and then went to the revs. So uh, it, it's going to be a rough one for him. He's 31 or he was 31 last year. He's probably turning 32 on. He is 32 since November. So he's 32, injury history. It depends on what Revs are asking for him. If, if the goal is to have him come off the bench every so often, he's going to score six to eight goals a year, that would be great for him, and I think he could do it. I don't think that's getting him caught up into the U.S. team. I don't think that that's doing anything there. But if he can stay healthy and just put eight to ten goals if he's playing a lot of games, six to eight if he's not featured as much, I think that is – a good season for Josie. When I mean, you're looking at the numbers of he's only scored six goals in the last two seasons. I'm thinking 20 goals. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but I think you're right. Like it's going to come sparingly. It's going to come when Adam Buxa can't play. It'll be interesting to see what the, the what the Revs do when Buxa does move on in the summer. I do believe that's happening. Like I believe if I had to put a bet on anybody leaving the league in the summer, it would be Adam Buxa. Like I hundred percent, I feel like, He's already got a contract, whether it be Lord Lester or wherever he was rumored to go before. I do think that that's coming. So it'll be interesting to see what Josie fills in. Um, and I know we can't spend too much more time on on the Revs, but I do obviously want to ask about uh, Carlos Heel. Jordan is is he you know is he your favorite to win MVP this year? Like is he if you had to pick anybody in the league right now? And I know we haven't really gone through the other previews and stuff, but is he one of your top? Let's just say is he on your top? Is he in your top three for guys that will win MVP this year? Buxa? No, 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 no. Uh, Carly Seal. Oh, Carly Seal. Uh, yeah, he's got to be a favorite. I was going to say, yeah. if you said Buxa, I was like, no. <laughs> um, yeah. Is Henry Kessler uh, an MVP candidate? Or... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I do think Heal has a shot, but I don't know. I feel like it's rarely back-to-back MVPs. Yeah. I, I'm going to lean more towards a no that we'll have back-to-back MVPs for Carlos Heel. Um, because I think it's going to be a player on whoever wins Supporter Shield, and I don't think they're going to. So if I'm looking at it, I'm thinking somebody along the lines of a... 
Hani Mukhtar. Hani Mukhtar, or uh, who should have won it anyway, um, or a. Uh, I could see Magno winning it from NYCFC. I mean, if if Castellano stays for, I mean, it sounds like they're they're just being stubborn about prices uh, for Castellano. So I do think should. he's going to be here, but I do think uh, Tyus Magno could could definitely put his name in. I do think you're going to have uh, Arango from uh, the LAFC that's also going to kind of throw his name in there. So, I don't know. I think if we're looking at uh, MVPs, which we'll talk about in our prediction show, I guess. I'm thinking, you know, who looks really good as that is like somebody like Arango on LAFC. Um, Jordan Morris. Jordan Morris. No, I don't. I don't think Jordan Morris. Is gonna <laughs> Darn. Win I that. feel like if anything, it's going to be a midfielder that's a very uh, mm-hmm. at a top team playmaker. Yeah. Um. So it could be somebody. Uh, it it really de- Yeah. No. It, it really <laughs> depends on how it. Uh. I guess shakes out for. It, MVP is very hard to guess because. Mm-hmm. Team. I don't think I would have guessed. Uh, Hani Mukhtar, to start, and uh, I feel like he's my MVP in my heart. So I, I feel like, I would not have guessed that. So it's gonna be tough. It's it's all about being on a good team and contributing lots of assists and goals. And those things just vary so, so wildly. I'll have to think more about it before the predictions and come up with a, with a really good MVP, but I do not think it'll be Helium. New England, not a supporter of shield. So you obviously don't have them as the best team in the league. Are they the best team in the East in your mind? Still? No. Okay. I mean, we no. can do that predictions. I just, I just wanted to. Get yeah. I think, up. I, I think, think I know like who said, you're thinking about. I think, and I... I think they're losing a lot, right? So I, I think, it, you know, it's going to be a tough year because they're probably going to lose some people in the summer. Will the Revs bring in people? I don't know. I Not mean, it, it's, it, it's <laughs> tough. I mean, and then you have to hit on the people you bring in. You mm-hmm. know, it, soccer is so tough with that because uh, – but also too. so blessed with that, I guess, because you have the possibility to bring in so many players. Like if you're a bad baseball team, it's like, okay, we either have – we have to draft and they have to take, you know, five years of developing or whatever to get here. Uh, that's not the case with this. You can just go out and be like, okay, who's hot in South America right now? Mm-hmm. Let's buy them, you know. But uh, then they have to hit when they get here. Like everybody freaked out about Barco coming here and Brenner coming here, and then they didn't really hit that well. So it, it will be tough – you can't guarantee they're going to be all heels and bookses when they get here. Yeah. So that, that'll be tough for them. Um, but we'll see how it goes, but no, I don't think that they win the East. And I don't think they win supporter shield. I'll agree with you on that one. All right. Let's do NYCFC. Cause we, 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 uh, this will probably be an hour and a half anyway. I was banking on that cause we have so many teams, but, um, so NYCFC last night, Jordan, um, took the pitch. And I actually, I, like I said, I was really impressed with the way that they played. I thought they played with great possession, much like the city group um, football teams do, uh, controlling possession, keeping the ball at your feet. Tyus Magno playing extremely well. Tiago playing really well. Maxi Morales played really well. He actually played. I thought he was out with COVID, and that's what I mentioned on my preview. So having him was a boost. Um, Santiago Rodriguez was good when he was in. Picked up that red card, which was absolute crap. I'll keep pretending to say that. Um, but then, you know, they, I will say NYCFC, Jordan, I can already tell you what their weakness is going to be. It's going to be right down the spine. 
I think they, they've got a kid named Martins that I believe is coming in from Brazil um, as a center back, but he's a young project. So he's not quite, you know, he's physical, but center backs, man, like you said, th- this league is so tough for newcomers, but especially defenders, I feel like, I mean, you look at Calvo who was with the fire, he was a disaster. And he was one of these guys that, I mean, people were projecting this guy was going to be an absolute force in the back line of Chicago, but he's just never panned out and he left. Um, you know, a guy that plays for his national team. Now you look at Tiago, or sorry, you look at Martins, and I think you've got kind of a similar situation where this kid's still trying to learn the league and, and trying to get an understanding of how he's going to how he's going to play in this league. Can he be, um, you know, the physical force that they want him to be? Uh, he comes from Yokohama, which is the city group. Uh, I think I believe that's the, the one of the Asian. I want to guess Japan because that sounds Japanese, but I could totally be off. That's really, I mean, if you're looking at signings, the rest of them are homegrown. That's their only signing, Jordan. They lose Jesus Medina. Jesus Medina had a fantastic year uh, last year and a, a deserving move out. Um, so he's gone. Uh, James Sands uh, is a huge loss. Like, uh, that's that's a massive loss. Loaned him out to Rangers 18 months. Um, and I think has a good chance to make some noise with U.S. men's national team as far as depth as the years go on. Cause I do think James will eventually become really good, but they're again, last night, Jordan, I can honestly tell you their attack is going to be bloody brilliant. If Tati leaves, then obviously I think they're going to take a step backwards a little bit, which is good news for the rest of the teams in the East, because this team looked, I mean, they, yes, it was Santos. They go out, Guapiles, um, but they looked so dominant. I mean, it looked like it was not even a match. Um, even with how sloppy they play out back, they've got one of the best goalkeepers in MLS. But Jordan, the the spine, I think that's the biggest concern. If they can get Chano to play well, um, and you can get a guy like Tiago Martins to come in and play extremely well, um, and then they've got Collins also back there, Alexander Collins, who plays pretty well. So you know, some veteran experienced players mixed in with the young kid that's going to be learning the ropes. They, they, I think they got to fix that because uh, Zalalem played extremely well. He played well last year. And, MLS Cup, um, and then you've got Acevedo, who's going to come in and give you really good minutes of experience, but still, I think it's a little bit weaker without Sands. Should be fun. That was a ramble, but <laughs> I just I just want to tell you what I saw. Everything was freaking uh, octane last night. Like It was like they were firing on all cylinders early, and then again, their center backs kind of were like, uh, we don't really know what's going on. Tavon Gray I, think, I think they're a favorite to win the East. NYCFC, so? yeah. Uh, I think again, if I look at the top four of last year, mm-hmm. looking at the Revs, who I think are dropping off, you have Philly, who right now still can't get their DP striker in due to visa issues right now, so he he's probably not going to join them right away. Mm-hmm. You have Nashville, who left, and you have NYCFC. Uh, it's prime for NYCFC to step up and do it. They, they won the East in 2019. 2020, they weren't even close. Uh, but uh, 2021, you know, 22 points back, but they're only three points back of Philly in, in, in second. So that's kind of... Uh, they've been consistently in the top half. Atlanta, I think, you know, we've talked about their prospects, they sit tied with NYCFC on points, but right below them in the table. And then you have Orlando right below them too. 
I don't know. I think out of all those teams, NYCFC is the team to beat in the East, um, especially if they keep Castellanos. If they keep Castellanos for the whole year, then uh, the East is in some trouble. Yeah. Um, but I think it will be a very – I think it will be a closer East than it was last year. I don't think mm-hmm. any team's running away with it by 20-some points. So I, I do think that th- that'll be uh, – while I do think they're the favorite and potentially do win the East, I do think that it's going to be closer. It's not going to be a huge gap that we've seen just because uh, I think all of these teams are just really close in quality right now. You know, each of these teams have brought in and lost people. Um that you know are going to make a difference and yeah i don't know i I think orlando you might see a little bit of a a rebound we'll talk about them when we preview them but red bulls i i think probably not going to be as high as they were last year or right around that so i I don't know i look at all this i think uh the hudson river is going to be blue and you're going to have nycfc a very good shot for the top of the east so here's what i didn't even mention jordan one tiago didn't even play last night. Like Tiago Martins and Tiago, their attacking player that was one of their best players last year. You also didn't have Abear, who's back from entry, who didn't really play a lot last year, but was really good in this league before. If people don't remember, very good striker, could replace Tati or uh, Tati, could get 10 to 15, 20 goals. I think that's doable. 10 to 15, I would say, is more realistic. They're also missing. Keaton Parks, who had a blood clot removed, and he actually got to play last night, who, you know, Keaton Parks, Jordan, you and I were talking about this. Keaton Parks was one of those guys that, I mean, you know, and I think, yeah, he was the one that had experience in uh, Europe in the past, but uh, there were still teams looking back at him going, this kid's got talent. Like, this guy's got talent. He might not be, you know, as flashy and good as James Sands, but I do think he's got that same kind of ability. He's a really good addition. He came off the bench last night. And then they're missing their best player in Anton Tenerholm. who I think, you know, last year when he was healthy, whenever he's healthy, Anton Tenerholm is one of the best backs in this league. Um, coming up the field and the attack, uh, he, you know, he makes life miserable in that short little uh, stadium that they have. So, again, I, I'm like you, Jordan. I, I think, and I, don't, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but I think the way you and I are speaking of it, I they're, they should be. They're the MLS Cup winners. They should be the team to knock off, and they definitely are the team to knock off. This team's so deep. So talented, and boy, do they have a wealth of riches, uh, you know, not only on the pitch, but also in the pocket. I mean, I know, you know, with City Football Group, you know, if they if they sell Castellanos, it's going to be minutes before they're out there signing, like, Cristiano Ronaldo to come play striker or something crazy. So it's, you know, they're waiting for something like that to fall in their lap. I think they get it. I think Castellanos will be there until the summer. Maybe they have a hard time selling him because it does seem the asking price is up over twenty million or something crazy. So it should be pretty fun to to kind of follow that situation uh, in NYCFC this year. All right, who's next? All right, Jordan, let's do it. Let's talk about the West. Um, Colorado Rapids, another team that is this one. This one's going to be weird because uh, there's a lot that I want to say about them, but I mean. I'll just kind of list their departures and then Jordan, you can kind of talk to some of these departures because I think they're huge departures. And uh, I want to see, I want to see what you're thinking because I, I've got my thoughts on the Rapids. I want to see what you're thinking. So here are the departures. I'll read them out for you. All right. Sam Vines, gone. Cal Costa, gone. Don Baji, gone. Eunice Nomley, gone. And Cole Bassett, gone. Um, they're also going to be missing Austin Trusty in the summer, who was one of their better defenders. They're also going to be missing 
um, Brian Galvin, who was one of their best midfielders. So you've got one of these guys, or sorry, you got all these guys moving on, and the Rapids were the lowest spending club last year. Jordan, if you hear those names and you know their history with spending, there's got to be some concern in Colorado, right? Yeah, uh, that's what I'm looking at here. I mean, <laughs> look, let's let's not forget that they were number one in the West last year. Number one in the West, yeah, but they really only got there due to I feel like every team in the West not wanting to finish first. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh like it, there, there really was like so yeah. many opportunities for Seattle and SKC to wrap it up and just couldn't. Now. You have to give props to Colorado for doing that. They won it by one point, though. And uh, they have the cheapest roster in the the league. And I think that that is the main problem, right? Um, If you lose those players that you mentioned, you're not going to bring in players good enough to replace them. It can only go on for so long. I, I look at this and I look at how the union used to operate before Jim Curtin or before Ernst Tanner, really, uh, before Ernst Tanner came in, where he was finding gems to be able to turn in and bring in players in and working with the youth. Before that, it was a lot of like, let's put out this bare bones team uh, that we didn't want to pay any money for because our owner's cheap, and let's hope that uh, we make the playoffs. And that's how I kind of feel like it is. I feel like they have a good coach that coached up some good players, but then they get rid of those players. And now I really don't think they've brought anybody in to replace those. And now we look and say, okay, well, where do they go from here? I don't think they're finishing in the top of the West. I think most people would say, I meant first, but I I think most people would agree that they're not going to finish in first place in the West this year. And I'm not saying it was a fluke or anything like that. It's just if you lose those players, don't bring them in, then I feel like you got worse, which means you're going to drop some of those points that you had gained, which means you're going to fall a little further down, Um, which means you're left in a very uh, precarious position about to do. Um, they had a low attendance last year, so maybe that's why they feel like they can't spend. Maybe they don't think that they're getting the people in to spend. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, their owner is, what, Stan Kroenke, right? Yeah. Uh, so they can spend. <laughs> but they won't spend. But he's too worried about <laughs> the Rams and Arsenal and, and stuff is like that. Is he really so. worried about Arsenal, though, Jordan? <laughs> Uh, he's worried about the money it's printing. I don't think yeah. he, that's why Trusty is going over there, right? right? I mean, he's yeah, because he's a big draw in Europe. It's just well, I'm just saying it's just moving one piece from You're your right. yeah. one. It's like moving money from the bank accounts, yeah. right? That's what he just did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm a little worried about them going into this year. Uh, they have some good players, obviously, but uh, I do worry that that next year. Will be a little rough for them. They started off against LAFC uh, away from home, so uh, that's worrying. If I'm a Rapids fan, because I feel like LAFC is kind of retooled, um, 
we'll see again. We've talked about it, the Terundolo question mark, right? We'll, we'll see how that goes. But I, I don't know. I, I do worry about where they go. I'm looking at where they can finish because looking at the West right now, they finish first. I'd like to think Seattle and SKC are probably going to rebound. They're probably going to be the ones again that are going to face off for one and two. I think Nashville's there. Nashville's over there now. Um, Portland's always good. Portland's always good. Uh, we'll see what type of sanctions they may face for any sort True. of uh, behaviors. Right. I don't know. Um, probably none because I feel like that's the way it's been going. Especially with him. <laughs> uh, Minnesota. It's a question mark. We don't really know how much they're going to improve. And then you have Vancouver and Salt Lake that were in the six and the seven. I think you can almost replace Vancouver and Salt Lake with the two LA teams. That's what I was thinking too. And then you have to see, okay, does Austin do any better than last year? Does San Jose kick another gear? Paul Ariel and Dallas, man. Come on. I think Colorado can make the playoffs again. I think they're going to drop from, I I think, okay, here, here it is. Record this Rapids fans and throw it in my face when I'm wrong. I say no home playoff game. Chris Smith agreed with you. So they're out of the top four. That's what I have. Chris Smith had him at sixth because I read his preview today because he dropped it. There you go. So me and Chris are in agreement. Uh, I don't have him at six. I just have him anywhere outside the top four. So five through seven. I'll figure it out when we do our prediction where I exactly put them. But Mm -hmm. I think they make the playoffs, but drastically drop. And again, it could be very close. I mean, if you look at the West last year, even it was – those first four spots were just six points apart. Um, so it's closer. It's two games for them to finish fourth and then a few more losses to finish fifth. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's what I kind of have them at. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, not a home playoff team. That's a lot of guys that they have to replace, and those are really good players. Kellen Acosta started to play extremely well, um, and I think ultimately he's really thrown his name in the competition for somebody that could replace Tyler Adams in this next World Cup qualifying window because I don't think Tyler will be back. I'm just going to guess based on the injury um, that he won't be back, and I think Kellen plays a huge role. I think he – right now, Jordan, I think if you look at the U.S. men's national team, he's probably number one off the bench, right? Like I think with the way that he played in the last window – I think you're looking at a guy, if you're trying to control the midfield and you need Tyler to have a break or you need one of these guys in the midfield to have a break, I think that's where it comes from is Kellen Acosta. Um, Losing him to LAFC is nuts. Uh, The fact that he's going to now go join LAFC, who I think had one of the best off-seasons, if not the best, uh, barring Insigne and how he does here. Um, They lose Don Baji to Cincinnati, who's played well. Eunice Nomley heads back over to Europe. and then Cole Bassett heading over to Feyenoord. How do you say that? I don't even know. Feyenoord, something like that. It's Feyenoord. Yeah, he goal, He scored the other day too, Jordan, for their academy team though. Um, but again, those are really good pieces that they're missing. Uh, their defense was really sound last year, um, which uh, you know, I think that really carried them. And unfortunately, I, I just I'm looking at these guys. And Jack Price is amazing in the defensive midfield, and I think that's what makes them very successful. But any regression from Jack, this team regresses because I'm not sure that, you know, they got Abubakar, they've got Rosenberry, they've got uh, Yarbrough and Goal, Danny Wilson in the defense as well. 
depending on usually they're in that back three or with the two side, like they're playing pretty well, but I, I see them regressing. And if they regress, this team gets worse because their attack at times just looks stagnant because they have no goal scorers. That's another thing. Who's going to score for them? Is it going to be Shin Yashiki? Is it going to be Barrios who really caps out at eight goals wherever he goes? It doesn't matter. You can get excited about all you want. Barrios is like an eight to nine goal guy. And that's all you're going to really get. Jonathan Lewis, we've seen that experiment that just doesn't go as well as you really want it to. You want Jonathan to do well, but he's now going to be 24. He, he you know, he needs to make those progressions that he's not making. I don't think to be a top striker, so or midfielder at that, any kind of forward. Um, Shin Yashiki, four goals last season. Besides that, man, Diego Rubio, five goals in 26 matches. Like this team is going to be starving for a number nine, and they don't have any money. They said they're going to bring in one, but like. You can't like striker is one place you can't go cheap. You can't find the cheap option for a striker. And we've learned that in this league. You'll see what happens to some of these teams that try to find a cheap option. Um, love Tesho to death, but Tesho is not a premier striker. And if we're looking to have him be the answer, that's not the answer. Um, luckily, we got somebody in, but yeah, this team really, Mark Anthony K, I'm excited for that. That I think that he's really good. He's really stepped in. I think he needs to perform well to be able to get into the Canada side and really play well this year for Canada. And Canada is going to be in the World Cup. So looking forward to that. But other than that, Jordan, I think this team progresses. I think this team's going to go back down towards the mean about, I want to say six to eight, depending. And it could be worse if one of those defenders get hurt. Interesting. Let's do it, man. Let's move on. Seattle, I'm right? For this one, yeah. This one's is that exciting. It? Yeah. Is this the last one? This is it. All right. And Let's talk Seattle. Let's do it. This is fun because I, like I said, I haven't been in this league when Seattle has been like the, you know, like the guys. Like I'd always grown up knowing that on MLS, if I chose MLS on FIFA, this is who I played with. But I'm looking forward to this. Jordan, can you kind of tell me if you're if you're looking back at the time of the Sounders? Have they ever been this deep? They add Albert Rusnak, and now Jordan Morris is back, and now they look like one of the most stacked teams that's ever donned the field. Can you remember a time where the Sounders have ever been like this good, at least on paper? That's a good question. Um, on paper, probably not. Yeah. But I will say the more fun times were the – uh, the Dempsey Obafemi Martins times. Uh, th- those two just had an electric, um, electric, uh, like uh, relationship chemistry is what I was looking for there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, adding Rusnak and uh, <laughs> like you said, Morris is back from injury. Uh, you know, L- Ladero and um, Reed Diaz, like really, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're probably going to get money from New Who because of his outstanding showing yeah. at AFCON. Like, this team has a lot going on with it. And really, I look at it and say they should be the favorites of the West. Uh, they're, they're keeping Metzger as the coach. Uh, he knows this team very well. Uh, I think they announced Montero's coming back yes. as well. Yep. So, I mean, they, yeah, they are. Uh, whew, this is this is a deep team. This is a team that can make a uh, a, a run and and make another MLS Cup final. And if I'm picking a team in the Cascadia region to keep up appearances, uh, because we've had however many straight 
seasons in a row with mm. the Cascadia team in the final, it would be Seattle. And I think they, I probably would put them first in the West right now. This isn't going to be a Columbus situation, though, right? Like these players, no, they won't too, underperform that much. They're not going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. Like this if they team underperform, is two it'll be second or third. They're not going to be out of the playoffs, right? Because I, I, I felt like Columbus. Now that I look back on it in retrospect, and I know, like, I can say this all I want. No, I'm blue in the face, and people won't believe me. But I do think, like, when you look at the Columbus team now, and you look at this roster now, if you're comparing them, Jordan, I think the biggest thing is that like these guys have proven they can do it and do it consistently all the time and have been in this league for a very long time. And I think that's the biggest difference. I mean, these guys are all in their primes, 26, 28, 27, 29, 31, 35, 33. Like these guys are seasoned veterans. They've been around this league. They've been around other leagues. They've been successful in other leagues. Um, But gosh, man, if you look at this roster, it is so deep. (laughs) It just is baffling to me. Um, and now I kind of feel like I kicked myself for last year just because they were nowhere close to being that good last year at Columbus. But Albert Rusnak, man, like that's an unbelievable signing. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Besides the insignia, which we just keep referencing, really actually comes over and proves that he's actually that good. Um, the Albert Rusnak one is a total sleeper. Eleven goals, seven assists, and you throw him in there with Jordan Morris, the Roldans, JP. I mean. Rui Diaz, Freddie Montero, Will Bruin. <laughs> like, you just got – it just keeps going and going and going. Uh, and then you got Nuhu, Stephen Fry. I mean, these guys, uh, unbelievable. I, I, uh, speechless. Um, I want to ask you this, though, Jordan. Does your namesake, Jordan, um, does he make the World Cup roster – and do you think Jordan Morris can return to 2020, 2019 Jordan Morris? I would lean probably more no for the World Cup roster. Um, I think we have a lot of wingers that deserve mm-hmm. to be called in when you look at Conrad and when you look at, um, you know, even bringing in an attacker like Pfock, even though he doesn't really play on the wing, but like yeah. you can only have so many attackers on a roster. You have Brendan Pulisic, Geo. Um, Geo. I mean, Timmy. I don't know. It's it's uh yeah, Wea. It's a lot. It's gonna be tough for Morris. Um, looking at last year, and looking at Jordan Morris's numbers from last year, uh, he only played two matches, no starts. Um, so no goals, no assists. Looking at 2020, 18 starts, seven assists, 10 goals. Pretty good. I just don't know if that's enough to, to, to cut it. It depends on how everybody else is doing. If he's putting those type of numbers up, he has a shot. And I'd say he has a shot because Greg clearly kind of favors form and people he has relationships with prior. So I do think he would have a shot in that regard. He has to stay healthy, and and that's something that he has continually struggled with as well. Well, we did it. I think we did it, Jordan. We got through all five teams. Those are the teams currently in CONCACAF. Sounders play tomorrow, um, Thursday. So, well, I guess maybe you're listening to this on Thursday. So, they play today, um, and they're playing uh, Matuga. I don't even know how to say that. Um, They play at 10 p.m. Eastern time. I believe it's all on FS2, just like it had been. 
Um, the Rapids play tomorrow, and I believe their game's the actually the eight o'clock one, if I can remember correctly, um, because I was looking earlier. Let me check just to make sure. No, sorry, they play at seven p.m. tomorrow uh, against Comunicaciones, um, which I think Jordan they can beat. Uh, I think that's a pretty easy matchup if you're looking at a bunch of the other teams that are in CONCACAF from what I previewed. Um, so I don't know. It looks good for the MLS teams, uh, at least for this first round. The second round is going to be a bear uh, just because of the teams that they're going to have to go up against and two of our own are competing against one another if they move on. So should be a, should be a good time. Looking forward to it. Uh, so like I said, we're nine days, technically 10, but we're like nine days and some hours right now from when we're recording it to the start hmm. of the season, which is the Saturday, right? Or do we have any games before that? We do not. We Saturday, the union, are the, the first game, man. Yes. The first match. Are we really? We're like the yeah. first game for everybody. First game at 1 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. Oh, okay. Cause when I first, when they first announced it, yeah, you, there was you no time that. for it. I think, but I think you said eventually. I think you did find out a time because I think I remember you saying, "Oh man, we're the first ones out of the gate," or maybe they just had you guys there and then they announced the times. You know what I mean? Like they announced it. Like you guys were on the graphic first. We were TBD. Yeah, yeah, we we were TBD, and I thought that meant we were going to be a national game, which was not the case. Um, <laughs> they're trying to find a channel for you guys. So I think they're like showing it on Twitch or something. <laughs> uh, ESPN Plus. Oh, sorry. Uh, we got our Twitter game is LAFC in Colorado on that Saturday. And then we have Fox with Portland, New England. Those are the national games. Uh, the other games are all on ESPN plus. So yeah, let's, let's just talk real quick. These, these uh, Saturday games, I guess. Um, just to remind everybody, the season starts on the 26th, Philly and Minnesota at one o'clock crew in Vancouver at three 30 LAFC in Colorado at three 30 Dallas and Toronto at five 30. Austin and Cincy at 6. D.C. versus Charlotte at 6. Miami and Chicago at 6. San Jose, Red Bulls at 6. And Portland, New England at 7.30. The Sunday games, the 27th. Orlando versus Montreal at 1 o'clock. Atlanta, 3 o'clock versus SKC. That's on FS1. L.A. Galaxy versus NYCFC on ESPN at 5 o'clock. Houston versus RSL at 7, and Seattle versus Nashville at 8 o'clock. Some good matchups there. And no midweek games then. We'll go right to um, the following weekend for, for more games. So Actually, uh, I, th- yeah. I think that I, I want to say second leg of Champions League next week, I believe. Or well, I meant no mid- no. Well, I don't know, but on here it doesn't have that. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, So I'm not sure. Champions League's next week. Yeah, second leg's next week, sorry. Not that week. Okay. It's it's next week before these games on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Which will be interesting because I think there will be some guys that won't play in the openers. Um, So I'll be kind of I just realized I'm probably going to miss some of the Sunday games. (laughs) I'm off on Monday that that week, so that'll be great. I'm off off Friday and – uh, Monday of this week, and then the following Monday, I took off so I could, um, if I wanted to go to the Orlando games, I didn't have to dread going into work the next day. That game's at one o'clock. <laughs> hey, you never know. Okay, it could be lightning. Get home at three p.m. and be like, I just cannot go to work the next <laughs> Listen day." Listen here, okay, man. It's summer again. It's like ninety. 
Um, but uh, no, I think Jordan, the next couple of clubs, I can give you the clubs that I think we're going to do next. Um, just so you're ready for them. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just so that we can kind of get a head start. Uh, so I'm looking at the standings currently because I'm trying to figure out, okay, Logan, how many teams do we have to do? We still have to do Chicago. We still have to do Columbus. We still have to see UC United, DC United. We have to do uh, Red Bull. And we also have to do Orlando and Toronto. So those are six clubs. I think this worked out well. Five, like four or five. I think we should just do five so we don't have that much to record. Um, so I think next episode, Jordan, what we'll do, because um, I think this will be the, the best way to do this, uh, is we're going to have to leave one of the clubs for uh, to kind of bunch them in with the West. So I figured why not bunch in um, Toronto with the West side, because I think Toronto in and of itself will be a massive preview anyway. So let's just put them with the Western teams. Um, so let's do next next episode you guys are going to listen to. We're going to be previewing uh, Chicago. Columbus, DC United, uh, Red Bull, and Orlando City. All right. That's the next episode. Sounds good. Bring it on. Week and a half away from the season kicking off. Um, Cannot wait to share our second full season with everyone here. So back to some night driving music. (laughs) Jordan, do you think that the Cascadia Cup is ultimately just... You know what? I'm not even going to come up with a line because Seattle's going to win it anyway, so why not? Spencer (laughs) all the way. Spencer for president. A god amongst little boys. There you go. You heard it from Logan right there. But we will see you all next. If you want to give us a follow on Twitter, at Stateside Show, Instagram, Stateside Show, Facebook.com slash Stateside Show, or email us, Stateside Show, gmail.com and uh, just listen to music play us out for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.